Next on BYU Sports Nation, men's hoops begins conference play tomorrow night. What's the biggest storylines for Cougar basketball as they begin the 2016-2017 WCC season? And the Cougars take a big hit to their inside depth. KD gets KO'd by a knee injury. Surgery to end his season and his BYU career. Former Cougar hoopster and current grad assistant coach Lee Kamard in studio to assess the impact and get us geared up for league play. Speaking of league play, John Crumpacker covers the WCC. We'll see how he sees the conference playing out this year. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Jason Shepard and Greg Rubel. BYU Sports Nation is live in Radio Vision. It's presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today is Wednesday, December 28th, wherever and however you're dialed in. Great to have you with us. My name is Jason Shepard, teamed up with the president of the Getty Lee Fan Club, Provo Chapter, Greg Rubel. Jason, good to be back with you. Back with yes, you again. That's right. We used to do this in different incarnations over the years, and here we are again. Great to be here. You know what? I, I just realized, too, that there may actually be a Provo chapter of the Getty Lee Fan Club. I may have just stepped on somebody's toes. Well, no. It, it's a one-member club. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> you, are, you are a huge Rush fan. And there are certain things that you know people are fans of mm. so much that when you see that thing, you immediately think of that person. I see that, is, that is Rush for me. When I, when I see Rush or hear Rush, I think of you. I see a St. Louis Cardinals hat, I think of you. Really? Yeah. Okay. Are you, do you watch the show The Goldbergs, by the way? Aware of the show, not a regular viewer. Okay. I don't want to be the guy that says you need to watch the show, but, but kind, it's really funny. I hear that. It's, it's, like a, it's like an 80s nostalgia sitcom. That sounds accurate. Uh, and there is a character on there. It's, it's not one of the main characters. It's kind of like, you know, just like a bit character that you see every once in a while. But his, I think his name is like Johnny Atkins. But uh, he's got long hair, ponytail. Uh, so there, obviously, you know, that, that's not what reminds me. But the fact that he's always wearing a Rush shirt, every time I see him, I'm like, I think of Greg Rubel. I'm glad, I'm glad to at least have that part in your life. Yeah. At, any, at any point, have you had a ponytail? No, but uh, Even back in the, the day, 80s? back in the day, people might find this hard to believe, I had a full head of curly hair. I yeah. have seen those pictures, by yeah. the way. Yeah. I have seen the pictures from back in the day in the, in the newsroom where you, you had the, the curly was, hair. It was pretty lush. It was. Yeah. It was very nice. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so it's, it's funny. Every time I see or hear Rush, I think of you. Immediately, I think of Greg Rubel. Well, I'm glad. You know, last night uh, we had on our coach's radio show uh, Colby Leifson. Mm-hmm. Colby Leifson, L-E-I-F-S-O-N. His name is very similar to that of uh, Alex Leifson, mm-hmm. the lead guitarist for Rush. And one of my pop quiz questions for Colby was, um, who's the lead, you know, you know, who's the lead guitarist of, uh, of Rush, uh, or Alex Lifeson, for which band does he, get to, you know, and he didn't know, he didn't know. So that was kind of sad to me. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, Alex, Ly- Alex Lifeson, Colby Lifeson. How many times? Not many, spelled the same, but they remind me of each other. How many times have you seen Rush in concert? Many, 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 many Like, times. like more than 20? Uh, about 20. Really? Yeah. I know that you're, whenever they come to town, I know that, that yeah. you go see them. Mm-hmm. But you've seen them other places. I have. Yeah. I've been to other cities to watch them play. That's true. All right. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU men's basketball coach Dave Rose announced yesterday on his coach's show that senior forward Kyle Davis will undergo season and career-ending knee surgery. 
He'll have surgery probably the end of this week or the first of next week, and so it'll end his season. And, and he is determined uh, to be with the guys and to help us in a leadership role, but uh, actual time on the court, uh, he's seen his last minutes. As Coach Rose said, the procedure is expected to take place next week. BYU, however, did get some good news as it pertains to the uh, the big men. Uh, Corbin Kafusi returned to practice this past Monday for the Cougars. Men's basketball gets it going tomorrow night to hosting a Santa Clara at 9 o'clock Eastern time. They begin WCC play. Cougs have won four of the last five coming in, have never lost to the Broncos since joining the WCC. Uh, Santa Clara coming off a big win at Valpo. That's a double overtime win. Not a lot of folks go into that gym and win. Uh, BYU lost to Valpo, of course, earlier in the That's year. Right. So uh, that Santa Clara victory opens some eyes to game live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Uh, just like the men are taking on Santa Clara, the women are also taking on Santa Clara. However, they will be on the road. They leave for Santa Clara today, getting ready to open up the WCC play against the Broncos tomorrow night. That game getting underway at 10 p.m. Eastern time. And overseas we go to China. CBA All-Star Jimmer Fredette, 46 points in his last game. Played all 48 for a win for Shanghai, and uh, Jimmer's now averaging just shy of 40 points a game. 39.5 points <laughs> per game for the All-Star Jimmer Fredette. You know, I, we always hear you know, he needs to find somebody that's going to let him have the ball as much as he had at BYU. This is clearly the situation. I mean, it's not going to happen in the NBA. But if you're an NBA team, I just don't know how you can ignore what he's able to do. And it's not just... The points, it's, it's the shooting percentage, too. You know, people say it's just China, but he's a 50-40-90 guy. Yeah. 50 from the field, 40 from the arc, 90-plus from the free-throw line. That's a, that's a marketable skill set, and it just hasn't happened here. And, and I keep waiting for the, the right fit, the perfect fit, the one team that says, we believe in him to do this full-time. Hasn't happened, may not happen, but we see what does happen. It continues to happen when he is the guy given that kind of playing time and that kind of responsibility. And it's not that he doesn't share the ball. He shares the ball. Yeah. He, he is a teammate, but he is and always, has always been a prolific scorer. Dave Rose talked about his, one, his skill is scoring the ball. Who doesn't need that uh, at the highest levels of professional basketball? And it just has not worked out for whatever reason. I know the same old refrain. I know the old arguments. Uh, we don't need to rehash them. But man alive, clearly he's got a gift and continues to show uh, uh, how impressive that gift is. Well, we're going to stick with basketball. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Next man up. Back and forth we go. TJ to Childs. A double-double for Yoli Childs. Yoli Childs with the dunk and what I'm calling the patented uh, over-the-shoulder pass uh, from from TJ Haas. He loves that pass, and he's pretty good at it. And uh, Yoli's pretty good at dunking. Yeah. Uh, we, we, call, we call that a yo-down. Yeah. Uh, not, not, a th- not a throw-down. It's a yo-down. And we've seen a lot of those this year. Uh, Colby mentioned Colby Lapson was on the radio show last night. Uh, asked him, uh, best dunker on the team? No hesitation. Yoli Childs. That's because I'm not on the team. I mean, if I were, I mean, I think that was clearly Jason's hops are legendary. <laughs> I think that would be, I think that would be the case. Uh, the season, as we mentioned a moment ago, the season and career for Kyle Davis is over. Um, Kyle will undergo knee surgery, which really is such a, a heartbreaking situation for him. Davis played in 10 games this year for the Cougars. He averaged 8.8 points and four rebounds for his BYU career. Kyle averaged 11 points and seven boards. 
But what does this mean for BYU basketball as they begin conference play tomorrow night against Santa Clara? And is it the biggest storyline going into conference play? Which brings us to our Twitter question. And today's Twitter question is, what is your biggest storyline for BYU hoops as they begin WCC play? Is it the injury of Kyle Davis? Is it the emergence of Yoli Childs? Is it uh, BYU's ability to contend and challenge uh, the ranked teams, St. Mary's and Gonzaga? Is it uh, something else? Someone coming off the bench, a surprise player in the second half of the season. What is your biggest story or storyline for BYU hoops as they begin WCC play tomorrow night? And on the Kyle Davis thing, Shep, it's just... Uh, you know, it's uh, you mentioned they were kind of heartbreaking. Uh, he tried to give it a go. Yeah. I mean, uh, once the knee was hurt, it was it was going to be a serious situation. I, I think it was going to require surgical attention whenever Kyle said it's time because it was it was not going to fix itself. And the question was, can you play through the pain? What can you give BYU until that time? And and it just became uh, unmanageable. Uh, trying to manage practice time, just get him ready for games. But when they tried to give him just a bit of practice time, wasn't able to go the next day. It really was a grinded-out situation that ultimately uh, came to a head with the decision to, to have the surgery. The minutes had gone down, kind of game to game to game. You saw how tough it was going to be for him. And, and more than just the points and rebounds, you lose a senior, a starter, yep. a captain. Yep. And, and this is a team that, that you know, he was kind of unique. He was, he was that, that lone senior with, uh, with experience as a Cougar. LJ's a senior, but he, he had it somewhere else. So Kyle was unique that way, and now that, uh, that one element that Dave Rose had is gone. Our first tweet coming in from at, Kit, at Kip Kent says, uh, the storyline that he thinks is biggest for BYU hoops, Eric Mika, just off his mission, third in the nation, uh, scoring uh, 0.8 points per minute. I love when you get to the points per minute. That's when you, I mean, that's that really, you know, that, that sheds light on just how good you are. And, and we were just talking about Yoli Childs, and, and you, you saw and, and you heard the highlight. The good news for BYU is that Yoli Childs has really stepped up since being put into the starter's role. As a starter, which, by the way, has been seven games, Childs is averaging a, a double-double. And not only that, he has been super efficient around the basket. You're talking about just how good he's been, you know, how great of a dunker he is. When he's, and it's not just – it's efficiency with rebounding. It's efficiency with, with dunks, shooting percentage. He really has stepped up big time since being put in the starting lineup. He's shooting in the mid-60s, and, and while, while he gets a lot of attention for – and you know, he's blocking multiple shots per game – gets a lot of attention for his dunks, but you can see the range he has. Uh, he's got a nice jumper, yeah. and, and, and he was not, he was not uh, afraid to step back uh, as a high schooler and, and shoot deep shots. Not part of his game right now, but that's something he can do. One of the most important things to me is what he's doing at the free throw line. Uh, and it's more than just a percentage thing. It's the ability now and the confidence to take contact knowing you are going to the strike. First, uh, as an, his first uh, 10 games, okay, he took 20 free throws over his first 10 games and was 7 for 20. Okay, in the last three games alone, he's taken 21 free throws. He's taken more free throws in the last three games than he did in his first 10 games. And now instead of going seven for 20, he goes 14 for 21. Okay, and this is now, again, confidence, the ability to play through contact and know I can make that shot at the free throw line. It's a great improvement and it means a lot when you have a guy like Eric Mika who, by the way, is second in the country in fouls drawn per 40. No one's going to get hacked more than Eric Mika. He's shooting in the 70s. Yoli's picked up his number from uh, the, the low 30s to now where, again, he's about 67% the last three games. When Mika and Childs uh, can shoot those kind of numbers from the free throw line, uh, BYU's in great shape because they're either going to finish down low or go to the line. And BYU's starting five right now is a really good free throw group. I know Yoli's number's low, but it's coming up. Mika's in the 70s. And Rose, Emery, and Haas are three of the top five 
free throw percentage guys in the WCC right now. They're all in the 80s. Yeah. And, and you can't overlook the number of points that's going to mean is a difference by the end of the year just at the free throw line. And Yoli's development there is huge. Well, and, and we've already mentioned Eric Mika's name a couple of times. He's been absolutely dominant so far this year. And, and since we're discussing the team heading into conference play, I, I looked at where Mika ranked among other WCC players. Listen to this. He's second in scoring at 20 and a half, mm-hmm. second in rebounds at 8.8, second in offensive rebounds at 3.3, and second in blocks at 1.8. I mean, we're talking about a legitimate West Coast Conference Player of the Year candidate, not to mention one of the best bigs in college basketball. So as you mentioned, from a starter's perspective, BYU's proven that they'll be just fine. So the question really is, what does the Davis injury mean for depth, how does it affect BYU's depth moving forward? Yeah, the, the, the KD injury and parenthetically the Elijah Bryant situation. Let's talk about that for a moment because I, I think, that, I think they're, they're, really, they're really linked. KD and, and Eli were to be uh, two, uh, two of Dave Rose's projected five starters. Uh, or certainly core players. I wouldn't have been surprised if LJ had come off the bench to begin the year. So you take off two-fifths of your projected starting five in this situation with no Eli and no KD. So that, that brings players six and seven into your starting five. That's Yo and that's uh, LJ Rose. Who is next? And right now, BYU is getting no better than three points per game from anyone off the bench. They're, they're going to want more, likely need more to contend in the WCC. So who is that next guy? And, and the addition of Corbin Kafusi. Uh, is important in that respect. He's the most experienced guy in the BYU roster. We'll get to that in a bit. Uh, and different guards have gotten the chance, whether it's Gwyn, Leifson, or Bayo. I think Steven's kind of the favored guy right now. Who will be that next player, that six and seven, that were to be LJ yeah. and Yo that are now starters right now? Where do those next two guys come from? Well, you mentioned Corbin Kafusi. That brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. At 70 games, Corbin Kafusi <laughs> is the most experienced player on the BYU Hoops team. That is your stat of the day. Corbin Kafusi, How crazy seven, is that? 70 games of experience. The next best guy on the team hasn't hit 50 yet. Okay, Nick, Nick Emery's <laughs> at 49. All right. Corbin Kafusi, uh, who is seen you know, by some observers as maybe you know, kind of a, a spot guy for BYU. Uh-uh. He's a guy who's been through two seasons of the WCC Wars and leads the team in games played by a wide margin about two-thirds of a season worth, over number two. So Mika's gone through one conference campaign. Embry's gone through one conference campaign. KD had gone through one and was in one and a half here. And now it's Corbin Kafusi who's been through two complete WCC seasons and is now back with the basketball team for a third run through the WCC. So your stat of the day, Corbin Kafusi's 70 games are the most on this BYU team. The most experienced guy was chasing quarterbacks in San Diego <laughs> last week. This is a guy that, that opponents cringed anyway when he came into the game because they knew how physical he was going to be. Now we're talking about Corbin, who added about 40 pounds of muscle. I mean, it's, it's insane to think about what... I mean, good luck trying to push him out of the paint yeah. if you're the opposition. Okay, he, he was big before. He's big now. Uh, I watched him yesterday at practice, and he may not have maybe the explosiveness uh, that he's going to have in a bit or did last year minus a few of those pounds, but I saw him dunk yesterday. Uh, and, and, and Dave Rose said uh, on our radio show last night, you can put Corbin into most situations and he's, and he's 
if not ahead, he's right up to speed with the rest of the guys who've been around for the last few weeks or months with this basketball team because of what he's already been through. Valuable addition uh, to BYU, and he's really going to help BYU's foul numbers in the paint. Our Twitter question today, what's the biggest story for BYU hoops as they begin begin West Coast Conference play? At Cougarstat says how injuries have altered this season so far. Definitely something that always gets brought up uh, when you're talking about sports. Coming up, former BYU basketball player and current grad assistant Lee Kamar joins us. What does the loss of Kyle Davis mean for the team? And which current player did he take an (laughs) elbow from in practice yesterday? Oh, yeah, we're going to get to that. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Ironically enough, I was uh, there yesterday. Uh, Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Don't forget... Use the hashtag BYUSN. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Jason was picking up his weekly bag of uh, chocolate-covered cinnamon bears. Uh, <laughs> men's Hoops begins WCC play tomorrow night at the Marriott Center. Santa Clara in town. Watch the game on BYU TV. Hear the game on BYU Radio, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. Our Twitter question today, what is the biggest story for BYU Hoops as they begin WCC play? Uh, this tweet coming in from at McKay underscore Allen. Uh, according to him, development and impact of Kafusi. Can he bring enough depth and stability after the Davis injury and Mika foul trouble? We'll get, we'll get into that a little bit with the, uh, the Mika foul trouble, because that obviously, I mean, it changes the dynamics. Uh, but that's interesting that, uh, that he's focusing on, on Kafusi, who, as we talked about, I mean, it's, that's, that's going to be a, a needed big man for sure. Well, and, and it's, it, it's kind of coincidental, but yet uh, the impact can't be overstated that as you lose KD, uh, you bring in Corb at yeah. a time when you need another big, and uh, certainly he fills a need in that respect. Speaking of uh, BYU basketball, happy to have Lee Kamar, former BYU player, now grad assistant coach here in Studio B. Welcome in, Lee. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. It is so nice of Lee. <laughs> it is so thoughtful of Lee to have given us a natural conversation <laughs> <Yes>. starter <laughs> So <laughs> by getting clocked in practice yesterday yeah. and coming in with a pretty nice shiner going on here. Uh, take us back to practice yesterday and how this happened. So what happened was I don't jump as high as I used to, and I went up, and at the same time with Eric Mika, I blocked his shot but came down a lot sooner than he did, and he was still up in the, in the air and came down and caught me pretty good. Now, we, we have given you the blue goggles if you would like to wear those. <laughs> no I mean, shame. they are very stylish, <laughs> but they're there for you if you would I'll like. I'll pass on the, the goggles. But, but, you're, but you're fine. That's the important part. You know, yeah. that you may have the shiner, but at least you're fine. And you made the play. Yes, you got I, the block. I don't know what happened after I got hit, so maybe he <laughs> ended up making the play, but initially I got it. Well, when he came to the sideline yesterday, it looked like it was cut and, and, and like, like, like a split was developing there. Do you think the same thing? And- there was a small cut after the fact, but nothing serious. So yeah. what did Eric say to you afterwards? Uh, he, he didn't even know what had happened, <laughs> so nothing. Well, let's let's talk about. Um, unfortunately, you know, it's pretty sad news for Kyle Davis. Yeah. We found out that uh, that he is going to have knee surgery. Uh, his season is done. His BYU career is done. What does that loss mean for the team? And have you had a chance to talk to them? How's he handling the news? I haven't since I've heard the news. I haven't had a t- chance to talk to him. But it's just unfortunate because the guy worked so hard this summer, and he was off to a decent start, you know, in a leadership role helping our guys, and it's just unfortunate. You know, I feel bad for the guy, and he really likes the game and really works hard this summer. What does getting Corb back at this time mean for BYU? Well, Corb is such an athlete. It's crazy. He's, he's back this week, and 
right off the bat, he's just dunking everything and blocking shots, and he's he's enormous, and he's really going to help us just how hard he works. You mentioned, you know, an athlete. We're talking Yoli Childs. We were talking about him in the in the previous segment. I've been really impressed with how he stepped up since being put into the starting lineup. I mean, the guy's averaging a double-double. Where do you think he makes the biggest impact with this team? I think in two ways. is his rebounding. He's a guy that rebounds out of his area. He can just go get a ball if you need him to. And then his rim protection. With him and Mika in there and now Corbin, you know, it's, it's going to be hard to get to the rim on us with those guys at the back. You know, the way, the way practice works uh, with the basketball team is, uh, you know, you, you've got your blue team, you know, your starters and top reserves. Then you've got your scout team. The scout team's going to be a couple practice guys, uh, a couple guys maybe a little deeper in the rotation, and then Lee Kamar. So BYU <laughs> has one of the best scout teams in the country every week because of this guy who can still be making money uh, playing basketball. So I'm going to ask you, um, as someone who sees the blue team every day, hardest guard for you on this current team? Well, I, I match up usually. I'll play guard the guards or you know the big guys depending on the day. Mika just he does he doesn't miss in practice. He just physically and he, he's just going right now. And it, it reminds me a lot of Keena Young back when I played. And just even in practice, he shoots a really high percentage, and he's relentless on the glass. And I think he's the real deal. We know that when coaches put together a non-conference schedule, one of the biggest things that they're looking at is how can we prepare our team best for when we get in a conference play? Well, now the team is getting ready to do that. How prepared do you think this team is for what they'll face in the WCC? Well, it's going to be different because every team we play from here on out, they're going to really know us. They're going to know our, know our personnel, and they're really going to have us scouted. So that's going to change things a little bit. But uh, I think the non-conference schedule – and that experience that some of our younger guys got is really going to help us. And, and as a guy that sees them daily, there's been a tremendous growth uh, offensively and defensively throughout this, this non-conference season. Some opportunities may be missed in non-conference games, close ones that might have yeah. gone your way with a couple of plays yeah. here or there. What do you take as the most positive development, though, uh, of these 13 non-league games that get you ready for the WCC? I think just a lot of the experience that some of these guys got because, I mean, KD's been hampered by a knee injury. Eli's been out, and those are two guys that we thought were going to be a big part of this thing to start. So some of these other guys that maybe we weren't factoring in early on have gotten a lot of experience, and it's been good for them. So I think that's going to help us long term. I want to get into the uh, uh, the Santa Clara scout a little bit with the Broncos in town tomorrow night. So much of what's happening in terms of prep for this game has to be centered on Jared Brownridge. He's been around a long time, a prolific scorer for the Broncos. They're more than just him, but he's a unique talent to have to scout for. No question. He can really fill it up. Um, he's, he's a tremendous scorer. They run good stuff for him, and most of their stuff is for him. And uh, we're going to have to key on him, and our big guys are going to have to do a good job of, of helping and being in gaps in that case. Besides, besides Brownridge, who's a natural, what else about the Santa Clara team, though, do you think uh, they're doing the best and will challenge BYU the most tomorrow night? Well, they run a lot of uh, flare screen, down screen action simultaneously, and our guards are going to have to get on numbers and chase. And like I said, our bigs are going to have to be in gaps and be ready to help on those flares and down screens. And then Brownridge is the key. They, they run good stuff. Sendex a great coach. And uh, their point guard, he's having a tremendous year as well. Former BYU basketball player, now current grad assistant coach Lee Kamar, joining us here on BYU Sports Nation. Um, it's always good when you have a guy like Eric Mika, who, quite honestly, is, is doing things that return missionaries just aren't supposed to do. He has been absolutely dominant 
to begin this season. What do you think has led to Mika's immediate success just being on his mission just a few months ago? I think just his his work ethic. I mean, he came back. If you could see the physical transformation that he took from you know early June till ne- to the start of the season, and then he's just playing with a lot of confidence right now. The guy plays as hard as anybody I've ever seen, and he plays with a lot of confidence. And right now, it's going for him. Okay, Shiner or not, if you could update <laughs> if you could update your picture from the current BYU basketball media guide to your current uh, demeanor right now and your current style right now, would you do that? Absolutely. It's uh, the media guy picture is back from 08, I think, and so it's time to upgrade. A few hairstyles ago. Yeah, a few <laughs> hairstyles ago, no question. It's, it's worth checking out. Maybe we can get, you know, I may want to dig out the media guide here and just do a camera shot here just to show people what we're talking nobody, about. Nobody ever looks back on their photos from years ago and says, you know what, that was a good idea. No, we, nobody does. Uh, None of us do that. I, w- I was rocking the, the Lloyd Christmas from Dumb and Dumber haircut <laughs> back then, so it's right. much improved. Let's do this. We'll see, how, we'll see how quickly we can adapt on the fly here. So here's what we're talking about here. <laughs> This is the uh, this is the. Oh, I'm gonna be able to get this here. We gonna be able to get that. Let's see. There, there we go. There's right. our guy. There's <laughs> yeah. our guy. Yeah. Inspired by Dumb and Dumb. I was gonna say, do go. you have like one of the orange polyester suits? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> hey, these are uh, these are moving days uh, for the basketball yeah. stuff. Uh, you know, the annex has been such a story for the for the last number of months, and it's been kind of bits and pieces in terms of getting in there. But uh, for the most part, you guys are almost all in. The staff is in. Tell us about the new digs and what it's really going to mean for the program moving forward, let alone the creature comforts that go with it. It, it is sweet. I mean, for the coaches, it is tremendous. And they, they all got upgraded. They all have win- big windows that look out over the court. And a few have windows that look outside. I got a little cubby, you know, <laughs> uh, in there as well. So it's cool for but me. you're comfortable though, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. for sure. And it's good. And, and for the program, there's just a gym that guys can get into anytime they want. Uh, with a manager or with the shooting gun and get shots up, the, the, the weight facilities there, which is off the charts. It's just a nice tool. As, you know, obviously as a former player, you know what it's like to go through the grind of a season, yep. a conference season. What are, what are some of the memories you have? And obviously it was a different conference than, than what the team's in now, but what are your memories of conference play and, and kind of what that grind is like? Just just some of the battles. I mean, when you talk about memories, just some of the battles we had with some of the top Mountain West teams, you know, the San Diego States and the UNLVs and the Utah. and it Just the fun atmosphere in the Merritt Center for those packed games and then big games on the road that sometimes we were fortunate enough to win. Just just those memories, the battles. The, uh, the New Mexico or UNLV or SDSU or Utah yeah. of the Mountain West have been replaced now by Gonzaga and St. Mary's and other teams who maybe not maybe not aren't thought of as highly but still get BYU's number from time to time. One of the things that set Dave Rose's teams apart when you were playing uh, for the Cougs in the Mountain West Conference was was not dropping the games that you kind of can't drop. You ha- you have to kind of win to keep yourself in contention. Might that be the biggest difference in what maybe BYU has to focus on most this season, making sure that uh, that you're not dropping those games that take you out of the race? Yeah, I think I mean if you look at last season, they they won the, enough games, they just lost a few games that they probably normally should have won or shouldn't have lost and that probably cost them a a WCC share you know and uh, I think that's going to be the key this year we're going to have to win our games at home and then go on the road and beat the teams that we're supposed to beat and then try to get those games against the top tier guys in the league you've got to be super impressed by what the Zags and Gales are doing though they've kept the ranking and they're doing what they need to do no question I mean I watched that Gonzaga game versus U of A uh, live down in LA and it was a tremendous battle I mean the size and the athleticism on the court 
it's fun to watch, and it's going to be even funner to go up against them. You know, we, you were talking about confidence earlier with uh, with Eric Mika, and you know, I, I I always look and see, you know, who, who are the hot team, you know, who who's finishing up conference or uh, non conference strong, and can that translate heading into conference play? You guys are on a nice little roll, and and Eric has been playing well. We mentioned Yoli; he's been playing well. You know, the the shooting is starting to come around yep. with Emery and with Haas. I have to imagine you feel in the team confidence-wise feels pretty good where you are heading into this, right? Sure, absolutely. I, I think TJ kind of hit a small little wall for a little bit just being back off the mission in freshman year, but I think he's playing with a lot of confidence now and really coming into his role. And 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 Yoli's emergence has been huge. I mean, he's a stud. He's going to be a big time stud. Lee, great stuff. We appreciate you coming, especially you know <laughs> with the with the shiner. That's, I mean, that's, that's, that's a gamer right there. Yeah. That is an absolute gamer. Thanks for coming in. We appreciate it. Good to Thank see you, Lee. You. Yeah. Right, that's Lee Kamard, former BYU basketball player, uh, now on the coaching staff as a grad assistant. Cougars taking on Santa Clara tomorrow night at the Marriott Center. Coming up next, we've got, we've got uh, the big deal, no deal, which let's be honest, when we play that, it's always a big deal. This is BYU Sports Nation. Sports Nation brought to you by Brady Industries Clean Solutions, a tradition for generations. Welcome back, sports friends. Jason Shepard alongside Greg Rubel, live in Radio Vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Did you miss yesterday's After Further Review? Don't worry. You can catch the replay today immediately following BYU Sports Nation at 1 o'clock Eastern. Dave, Blaine, David, and Brian recapping the Poinsettia Bowl, looking ahead to the offseason spring football. Check out AFR today, 1 o'clock Eastern on BYU TV. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU men's basketball coach Dave Rose announced yesterday on his coach's show that senior forward Kyle Davis will undergo season and career-ending knee surgery. He'll have surgery probably the end of this week or the first of next week, and so it'll end his season, and, and he is determined uh, to be with the guys and to help us in a leadership role, but uh, actual time on the court, uh, he's seen his last minutes. As Coach Rose mentioned, the procedure expected to take place this week. BYU did get some good news. However, Corbin Confuci was back at practice this past Monday and could be available uh, as soon as maybe even tomorrow, who knows, uh, against Santa Clara for the Cougars. And the men's basketball team, yes, hosting Santa Clara tomorrow night, 9 o'clock Eastern time, beginning WCC play. Cougs coming in, a bit of a roll here. They've won 4 of 5. Santa Clara coming in off a nice win in overtime at Valparaiso, a team that beat BYU earlier this season. That game live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. BYU women's basketball will leave for Santa Clara today as they get ready to open up WCC play as well against the Broncos. That game tomorrow night will get underway at 10 p.m. Eastern time. And Chinese League All-Star Jimmer Fredette scores 46, played all 48 minutes and a win for the Shanghai Sharks. Jimmer now averaging just under 40 points per game, 39.5, and he is, again, making the All-Star team in his first year over there in China. Our baby's growing up and saving China. Hey, you- <laughs> it's decent numbers if you, can, if you can put those up. I love this segment. It's time for Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal, No Deal, brought to you by Brady Industries, a provider of commercial cleaning supplies and equipment throughout the western United States for over 65 years. Brady Industries, clean solutions, a tradition for generations. Here we go, number one. Big Deal, No Deal, the return of a football kafusi to the BYU basketball court. 
All right, Greg, I'll let you take this one. Big deal, no deal. I'm going big deal uh, because he is uh, the guy with the most playing time experience uh, for BYU right now on this current roster. Uh, he doesn't average huge numbers, but he knows the system. He knows what Dave Rose wants. Uh, he knows how to be a good teammate in this setup, and he's been through the, uh, the conference wars uh, two full seasons before this. Uh, plus, he gives BYU help where they need help right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, no Kyle Davis. They need one more big uh, to replace him, and they get a big at a good time. And so I'm saying a big deal with the big man, Corbin Kafu. Yeah, I think it's a big deal as well, and I would have said that regardless of the Kyle Davis news. But like you said, I mean, this, this is an area where you can't have you know, too much depth. I mean, we're talking, it's not just what he can bring in terms of the physicality, uh, the offense, the rebounding, but it's also five more fouls. I mean, and, and let's be honest, I mean, that is beneficial. So absolutely, it's a big deal. And from a tactical standpoint, he's helped win games Against and at Gonzaga. I mean, yeah. he's made big shots, made big plays. Uh, you got to have him in, in, uh, in WCC play. Number two. Big deal, no deal. Jamal Williams signing with the real Jerry Maguire. Hashtag show me the money. Uh, yeah, I'll take this one. Yeah, it's a big deal. We're talking about Lee Steinberg. We're talking about Lee Steinberg, who, by the way, is going to be on the program tomorrow. We will have uh, the man who inspired Jerry Maguire on the show. But, yeah, I mean, it's a big deal. And, I mean, when you talk about agents, there are a couple of names that immediately come to mind. And one of them, most assuredly, is Lee Steinberg. So the fact that Lee Steinberg looks at a guy like Jamal Williams and says, you know what, that's a guy I want to represent, I think it's a big deal. And it's a big deal for Jamal to be able to have a guy like that that can open some doors for him. I'll say a big deal. I should have known it was a big deal and put two and two together a little earlier. I was doing the Poinsettia Bowl uh, last week in uh, San Diego calling the game, and my Twitter feed's up during the broadcast because I multitask, Jason. <laughs> I multitask during my call. You were very good at that, by And the way. so I noticed as I was calling the game, Twitter feed's up, and it says uh, Lee Steinberg is now following you. So this is in the middle of Jamal having his big night. You know, he's gone over 100. And all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden, Lee Steinberg is now following me. I thought that's kind of interesting timing <laughs> that he might follow me at this point. Uh, so again, had I put two and two together, together a little more quickly, it would have made more sense when it was announced. But yeah, I think it's a big deal. I think it's a big deal because uh, uh, Lee Steinberg uh, says in his bio, has obtained for his clients more than $3 billion <laughs> in contracts. $3 billion with a B. So, big deal. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not too shabby. Number three. Big deal, no deal. Jimmer getting buckets in China to the score of 39.5 points per game. Uh, how did that go by again? How many? What was that? How was that again? Three billion dollars. Uh, well, Jimmer's not making three billion, but he's making buckets right now. You know, 39 and a half. I think it's a big deal. And I know some people may say, well, well I mean, what, what's it going to get him? I mean, it may, still may not get him in the NBA. Here's the thing. You want to stack the deck as much as you possibly can. And going to another league and averaging almost 40 points, that can do it can't hurt you. So yeah, it's a big deal that he's averaging 40 points. I would have said big deal if it was CB uh, in the D League. I I I say it's big deal in the Chinese league because I'm a Jimmer guy and Jimmer's my guy and so him doing what he's doing the way he's doing it with the eye-popping numbers. It's one thing to go and just be an average. He's a superstar yeah. in that league. So because I'm a Jimmer guy and Jimmer's my guy, it's always going to be a big deal. All right, number four. Big deal, no deal. Kerry Frischer, rest in peace, Princess Leah. Not having a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. All right, Greg, you take this one. I, I'm running the table with big deals today. <laughs> okay. uh, because uh, how does Kerry Fisher not have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame when other single role uh, players, if you will, have stars? There are a lot of folks with a lot, you, you know, 
lot of stars on the Hollywood One Walk of your of favorites, Jose Jose. Jose Jose is on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Uh, you know, single role guys, guys you know for you know for one role more than any other. Uh, Randy Quaid, we think of as as cousin, cousin Eddie. Eddie. Yeah. Now you could also argue uh, Ishmael from Kingpin, but uh, you know, single role <laughs> guy. Randy Quaid's got a star sure. uh, on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Uh, Eric Estrada. Poncherello, Punch. Punch. He's a one-role guy. He's got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Uh, but Carrie Fisher does not, and, uh, and I think that's a problem. See, here's the deal. I, I, I think it's a big deal. I mean, she is – we're talking about an iconic role. We're not talking about the run-of-the-mill. Yeah, it was a movie in the late 70s, early – this changed movies, and she was an integral part – or integral, as somebody like some people like to say, and uh, she was an integral part of that movie. And here's the deal: I did not know she didn't have a star. I just assumed she you did. Presumed she would. I did not realize that there was really a debate on this. But the more you look at it, the more I think about it. Yeah, she deserves to have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. It now, is a that, big deal that she doesn't. Now the counterpoint is here that uh, Mark Hamill doesn't have one either. So if Luke Skywalk, if Luke, and, if neither Luke nor Leia are on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Let's make America great again. Yeah, Lando and, is. Uh, Billy D. Williams has. Lando Calrissian's on the Walk of now, Fame. Now, I mean, uh, we did check. Chewbacca, no star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Aww. And uh, parenthetically, uh, <laughs> not, uh, Carrot Top is also waiting for his moment. Uh, Carrot Top's not yet. on. Now, we're not as outraged rip, about that one. Rip me but. if you will. I think Carrot Top is really, really funny. <laughs> I looked under C for Carrot and T for Top, and he's not under either one. So. Our Twitter question, what is the biggest story for BYU hoops as they begin WCC play? Can BYU finish ahead of Gonzaga and St. Mary's in the WCC? We'll ask John Crumpacker. He covers the West Coast Conference. That's coming up next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Jason Shepard and Greg Rubel live from Studio B. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation Live, don't worry. Catch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern time. Men's hoops begin WCC play tomorrow night at the Marriott Center as they host the Santa Clara Broncos. You can watch the game on BYU TV or listen on BYU Radio. Game action getting underway 9 p.m. Eastern time. Our Twitter question today. Resetting it. Yes, a lot of people chime in on this. Some really good responses. What is the biggest story for BYU hoops as they begin WCC play? At BYU Fanatics says, BYU basketball has, it's all in caps, so you know he means it, has to win the West Coast Conference tourney to go dancing. Let's see what our next guest thinks about that particular statement. Uh, WCC.com, WCCSports.com, Hoops columnist John Crumpacker, longtime journalist in the Bay Area, joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. John, thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you. Good morning. Yes. Well, we, we feel pretty good about Gonzaga and St. Mary's uh, having established uh, tournament resumes at this point. Uh, what are the chances uh, BYU does enough uh, during league play to get in that mix to make the WCC a three-bid league this season? Well, uh, a three-team, uh, you know, the, the uh, top-heavy WCC, it was anticipated before the season started that there would be uh, be three teams in there. And I, I think uh, BYU to this point has been a – Oh, maybe a little disappointing with the uh, 9-4 record uh, non-conference going into the uh, conference uh, season. And I, I think uh, BYU is definitely going to have to make some uh, noise in conference play to, to be considered uh, for the NCAA tournament when it's all over. You know, a strong showing in the regular season and, and certainly in the uh, tournament. 
You know, you, you mentioned how it really it's, it's a top-heavy league and it's expected to be so. I mean, I think we all remember last year some, some chatter about the bottom half of the league really needing to, to pick things up a bit. I mean, who were some of those teams maybe at the bottom that, that you think maybe can take a leap? And, I mean, how, how quickly can that actually become reality where it's not a top-heavy league all the, all the time? Well, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a formidable challenge, and uh, I think we we're seeing that in the fact that there's four – uh, new uh, head coaches in the conference uh, this season. Uh, their administrations, they, they all want uh, you know, an elevation in the uh, caliber of play uh, from those teams. And uh, so far, uh, I think probably the most surprising uh, team has been the USF uh, San Francisco with a 10-3 uh, and record under uh, first-year coach Kyle Smith. Yeah, Don's had a, a strong showing at the uh, Diamond Head Classic and. uh you know, at least they're beginning the uh, conference uh, play with a uh, lot of optimism. Um, Portland and San Diego are both uh, seven and five, and are uh, are showing pretty well. Uh, Portland has the, uh, of course, the new coach and uh, Terry Porter, the uh, longtime Portland Trailblazer. So that'll uh, Portland will be worth watching uh, as the season gets going. And uh, piggybacking off your uh, your USF thoughts, John, uh, one could argue that uh, Kyle Smith at USF has maybe had the biggest early impact of the new coaches, in particular because uh, the roster he's got there on the hilltop is really young, right? There's only uh, one senior uh, on the uh, on the roster that San Francisco. I think they're, uh, if my uh, public school math was correct, they have uh, 13 of the 15 players that are freshmen and sophomores. So that's, uh, that bodes well for the uh, for the Dons going forward, I would think. You, you, wrote, you wrote about, uh, in your most recent column, and by the way, you can read uh, John, Cram, uh, John Crumpacker's uh, weekly columns on, on WCC Basketball at WCCSports.com. You wrote about uh, the glass ceiling, that this season is kind of separating BYU from Gonzaga and St. Mary's at the top. Uh, and from an overall perspective, and Jason kind of hit on it earlier, there's, there's a bit of a, a ceiling between the top three and the rest of the league. How much do you think uh, the addition of the new coaches, what kind of impact will they have on, on maybe minimizing that gap or that distance? Well, other than uh, USF right off the, uh, you know, as we're starting the season, it's, uh, it's, it'll take a while. and I don't really see any uh, uh, instant uh, uh, elevation in play. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a process, and... Uh, uh, it takes a while for a, for a new coach to establish uh, the program. So, uh, you know, as I said a little earlier, uh, Terry Porter at Portland is uh, off to an encouraging start in certainly USF. And uh, uh, even Loyola Marymount uh, is off 6-4. Uh, and four. That's, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be improved over the last few years uh, in Los Angeles. So, it's uh, you know, there'll be a, a, a interesting uh it's it's what I call the uh, the muddle in the middle. There's the you know four or five teams or so right uh, in that that middle strata, and uh, you know is anyone going to rise above that? That that'll be a, a question. John Crumpacker talking WCC hoops with us, joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. We obviously get to see a player like Eric Mika up close, and, and we see just how not only valuable he is to, to BYU, but the numbers he's putting up and where that ranks, not only in the conference, but nationally. Um, where, do you, where would you put uh, Eric Mika in terms of possible player of the year candidates? Well, for the uh, WCC, I think he, uh, he's a strong candidate for player of the year. I, uh, I like his game. Uh, I, had, I was not... Uh, 
you know, the, the two familiar with him, you know, of course, he had been gone on his uh, mission for the last two years, and uh, he's come back. He's it seems like he, uh, you know, as I suppose it's common, he, he he left a boy and came back a man, and uh, he's an impressive player in the post, and uh, uh, for what he can get done, I think uh, his only I don't know if it's a weak spot. He seems to have a tendency to pick up some fouls. That's that uh, could be an issue uh, going forward, but. Uh, a very good-looking player and a, a strong player of the year candidate. John, finally, uh, last year was the exception to the rule since BYU's joined the WCC. The conference is a multi-bid NCAA tournament league. Uh, how do you characterize the league right now from a national setting? Well, it, uh, I think the league both, both uh, benefits and hurts the league in that Gonzaga has been so strong, and that's the team that... Uh, that nationally has the, uh, the the highest profile by far, uh, which is uh, certainly good for Gonzaga. It's well uh, it's well earned. Uh, you know, St. Mary's had an excellent season last year. Won twenty nine games. Won the uh, regular season uh, uh, title. I think people maybe uh, overlooked the fact that the Gales uh, beat Gonzaga twice. They swept the, the regular season series, but still, despite you know, despite that, and reaching the the championship game could not uh, secure a uh, an invite to the uh, tournament, so that's uh, that's that's a challenge. But I think uh, this year with the uh, both the Gonzaga and St. Mary's RPIs are, are really strong, and uh, and it should bode well you know, come tournament time. That sort of uh, as I mentioned uh, or I wrote about uh, kind of puts a little pressure on BYU. Let's let's see what the uh, Cougars can do. Uh, certainly have a, a lot of talent. And it's, I think just a question of uh, integrating uh, all that talent, the uh, new talent. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued to see uh, Ueli Childs. He's uh, showed up uh, uh, well in, in uh, recent games. Uh, looks like he'll be more and more of a factor. Uh, L.J. Rose. Uh, so there's some uh, there's some uh, nice components uh, to that BYU team. If you'd like to read John's stuff, you can go to WCCSports.com. He's a columnist uh, there. John, thank you so much for joining us. Great stuff. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you down the road. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks to uh, John Crumpacker for joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Our Twitter question, what is the biggest story for BYU hoops as they begin WCC play? Let's get to the Twitter machine. At Twiggy or Stone. Tweet, tweet. At Twiggy or Stone says injuries and shooting slumps. The main storyline. Hopefully, Kafusi can help fill the void. BYU needs higher shooting percentage in league. Yeah, I mean that. I mean that's and and we were talking about this with Lee. I mean things are start. The last couple of games, you started to see better shooting, but that certainly is one of those things. If BYU is going to make a serious run, they they have to shoot the ball better, especially from the perimeter. Uh, at I am Grand Fa, all about the bigs. Can can uh, Eric and Yoli stay out of foul trouble, and how much can Bronson offset the loss of Kyle Davis? Coming up, we'll uh, let you know again uh, the situation with Kyle Davis. We'll also let you know uh, where and when you can watch the BYU men's and women's basketball games. That's all coming up next on the Cougar Whip Around. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around men's basketball. BYU men's basketball coach Dave Rose announcing yesterday on his weekly radio show that senior forward and team captain Kyle Davis will undergo season and, for him, career-ending knee surgery. 
The procedure expected to take place late this week, early next week. Corbin Kofusi, meantime, returns to practice this past Monday and is uh, working out for the Cougs, getting ready for WCC play. Speaking of, men's hoops will be hosting Santa Clara tomorrow, 9 Eastern time at the Marriott Center. BYU coming in having won four of its last five games. Santa Clara coming off a nice overtime win, 87-80 to over Valparaiso. The game will be live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Women's basketball. BYU women's hoopsters leaving town today for Santa Clara as they get ready to open WCC a play against the Broncos. They'll be on the road that game tomorrow night at 10 o'clock Eastern time. Jimmer! CBA All-Star Jimmer Fredette. How about this? 46 points while playing all 48 minutes in a win for Shanghai. Jimmer now averaging, yesterday it was 39.1. His average now up to 39.5 points per game. Future guests, Lee Steinberg, we talked about this earlier, uh, Jamal Williams signing with Super Agent and uh, the guy behind Jerry Maguire. Uh, he will join us on the program tomorrow. We'll find out all the things he has in store for uh, at Jay Swag Daddy. We'll also have uh, Steve Cleveland on the program. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the game um, against Santa Clara and uh, talk all things hoops with uh, Coach President Steve Cleveland. And, you know, with Coach Cleve, I'm excited because I get to be back on the radio with him uh, this year. There will be a few games that Mark Durant's going to miss, and uh, Coach Cleve has agreed to come in and uh, pinch it for Mark. And I think our first game is the big one at St. Mary's coming up in a week and a bit. So Coach Cleve back on the radio and uh, filling in for Mark Durant in a few games this year. So those who like to listen to the games on BYU Radio, tune in for Coach Cleve this season. Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Com. Greg, who are we going to give the rise and shout to today? Got to be KD, and it's a heartfelt uh, uh, rise and shout as uh, we wish Kyle all the best, his family. He's got a great future in front of him uh, in a very difficult major, uh, the accounting major here at BYU. He'll be out of the Marriott School of Business. Uh, he's got great things in store for him, but uh, his basketball days are done with that season-ending knee surgery. So a big thank you, uh, a rise and shout, and a thanks uh, for the memories for Kyle Davis. Uh, what a valuable addition uh, to the BYU program he was. Uh, you know, he had that sit year, that redshirt year. That was, you know, that, that, that was a lot of effort that nobody really saw that year uh, getting ready to play for BYU. A full season last year, a little less than half a season this year before the knee troubles ended it for him. And again, just a, a wonderful guy with, with a beautiful family and a great future in front of him. But a, a well-deserved rise and shout and all the best and best wishes and get well soon to Kyle Davis. Our Twitter question, what is the biggest story for BYU hoops as they begin WCC play? Our elite tweet of the day comes from at 86 Wisconsin Coog. Two big stories going into WCC. Davis Bryant injuries and players who were to be key contributor, contributors and can BYU avoid losing lower echelon, losing two lower echelon teams. Want to thank our guests today, Lee Kamard and John Crumpacker. Shows on demand. If you missed yesterday's AFR, you're in luck. The replay coming up next for Greg. I'm Jason. Shout out to Garner Meads. This is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs>